3: Welcome along everyone to the RTEGA podcast As hurling finally gets a weekend to itself Myself and Rory are going to look ahead to round 2 of the Allianz League With Shane McGrath and Malachi Clarkin And we're going to chat as well about the rising costs of running an in inter-county setup, Which we're hearing this week is being described as a €40 million euro runaway train So we'll get to that in a while But lads, let's start with matters on the pitch Division 1A this weekend Cork and Kilkenny is our live game on RTE on Saturday night Wexford and Offaly also play on Saturday And then on Sunday it is Waterford Against Clare and Shane, feels like a big one for Cork this weekend because if they win, they can really jumpstart their whole season after what was a slow enough start against Cork, against Clare last weekend. But if they lose, suddenly they're under so much pressure to even retain their status for Division One next season. How do you see this one?
1: I just think, I suppose, Jackie, like there's the league is what it is. It is a bit more exciting this year, in my opinion, but I think that there's just games in the league that you kind of target and you have to really go after. And with what happened above an ennis, like Claire were by far the better team above an ennis the other day. Cork got two goals totally against the run the play. So I, I just think that I actually thought Cork were really going to go for this league. I thought, you know, Pat Ryan said last November, you know, I think his quote was who are we in Cork not to take the league serious anymore? I think was his quote. So and and also as well, you know, you want like uh, this Cork group they they need a national title like you know, they've, you know they have won a few monsters a few of them but they, they, at senior level like you know they, they need a national title and I just think Saturday night now down down in Cork that this is the game that they, they should really be targeting there should be a great buzz around training this week there should be no need to get lads going or anything like that but they, they have to perform like like and I know they've they've the world of lads involved with the with Fitzgibbon there at the moment. Um but like I mean, so well, not anymore
0: not, ni- not anymore, Shane. Well not
1: anymore now after last night. But like I mean, like like Galway have loads of lads involved, Kip have loads of lads involved, Kenny have loads of lads involved. Like, Limerick. Don't think, don't Limerick. Yeah. I don't think they can use that to say, Oh, we the Fitzgibbon. Like, I mean lots of counties have the Fitzgibbon going on. Yeah. So I think if a message is going to be sent out, Jackie by Car it has to be sent out Saturday night. If they don't get a win Saturday night, and I've said it before, like 1B is a much softer side to try and make the top three because you have Antrim and Westmead there. And like the way Dublin are hurling at the moment, maybe they'll get better. Tip, Galway and Limerick will really say, right, we beat Dublin. We're in, we're in the top three, right? Whereas 1A, all the teams want to look at Offaly as their banker. And I just think after that day, it could be anyone. like It could be Wexford, Waterford, Cork, Kilkenny, Clare. So I think if they don't get something out this Saturday night, then they have a couple of weeks off. I think there'll be some serious head scratching going on to say, like, how are we going to get in 1A? You mentioned already, Jackie, about financial stuff and things like that. I was just looking at it there. Like, I think the financial thing is going to become a factor of it now. And I think, was it, i just get my, make sure I have my figures right now, Two 200 grams Cork are making on their league games. So I think, like, I think, like, everybody's going to be one. You're not going to make 200 grand,
0: Shane. Shane, you're not going to make 200 grand if you're playing with all due respect and obviously no respect. If you're playing Leash and Carlo,
1: no, you're not. Like, you're not. People aren't going to go to it. And I think it was mentioned that the the first round league games were kind of down on attendance from last year. But I tell you, lads, at the good games, there was some crowd at it. E.g., I was down in Nolan Park, there nearly 9,000 people at it. The the games that the Cork's and the like take Cork and Limerick last year in the league, was there 20,000 people at it? Yep. I think that really now. Financially and for the group, Jackie, Cork need they need to get this win. And I take it Kenny, go? We'll go strong at this too. I'd say they, as I said, they nine out of their starting all and fifteen didn't feature, didn't even tug out last Sunday. I think three or four more of those guys will be will feature this Saturday night. So yeah, I think if if Cork want to do something, Saturday night is the night to do it. I think.
3: You know, the thing is, Rory, right? You were talking about it there about Cork and, you know, the, I, I won't say their excuses about Fitzgibbon and different things or whatever. If you take their performances last year and a couple of one point defeats, they had a draw, you know, it would, they were very unlucky to not get out of Munster. But suddenly, if it becomes a narrative again this year that, oh, they were so close, but they didn't, they didn't progress again then that, that becomes something else to knock this team. I think Shane is absolutely right. They have yeah. to get something out of it this weekend because of that.
0: I think there's huge pressure on them, actually, this Saturday night in round two. That's why it's a great game for TV. And I think there will be a huge crowd in down the park. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think from, from when I was Yehai to a Nipper, Cork, like there's a cultural thing in Cork where they just, league is league and championship is championship. It was this thing that I even heard as a kid. And the league, even at club level, is just not taken seriously. I think they need to dispense with that notion. And that, as Shane said, needs to start on Saturday night. They've never really managed to take the league seriously. And then, of course, why? Because Cork would always say, look, we're a summer hurling team. It's all about the championship. No one will give a a tuppany's worth about whatever happened in the league if we can be one of the three teams that get out of the round robin and if that's Pat's plan, fair enough. But there are financial implications of not being in that three and the pressure that's going to come on Saturday night, I think will be told somewhat in selection. I think there are some people have suggested that some of the selection thus far has been disappointing and that there hasn't been more um, of, I will say, of the under 20 brigade uh, blooded into the team. I think he's probably trying to straddle a balance between some experience and bringing some of those newer, younger players through. That's a difficulty from his point of view. I think it'll probably be the same this Saturday night. As we mentioned there a couple of minutes ago, with UCC gone out of, and and um, and MTU, both gone as of last night. I wouldn't be surprised to see Rob Downey get parachuted in. SOS call gone up there, and he was about the only one, I suppose, that came out with any credit in the bank last night for, from a UCC team that was completely outclassed. What a what a display by Carol Gar- O'Connor is pulling up serious trees, Shane. But, you know, look, I think, um, yeah, I think the pressure's on. Uh, to a degree, I wouldn't be saying, you know, um, any panic stations. Should they not get a victory on Saturday night? But I think it will be essential for them to win. There's going to be a huge crowd, as you say, and Cork Public will probably want to see some sort of a response to the insipid display that was in Ennis last Sunday.
3: Yeah, insipid is a good word to describe it. The one thing is, though, Maliki, if they get a victory on Saturday night, they've got Waterford up next at home, then they go to Offaly. So things can actually turn around quite quickly for this Cork team.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's funny just even listening to the conversation for the last sort of six, seven minutes. Isn't it such a different conversation to what we had on this podcast, say, this time last year, this time the year before, this time the year before? The injection of one tiny bit of jeopardy, and it's only a tiny bit of jeopardy. Yeah. Like, nobody's year is going to be decided in the next few weeks. But we all know, even as Shane points out, the financial side of things, how important it is for Cork to be in Division 1A next year. Like, It's not a massive thing, but it injects at, at least a small bit of jeopardy. Even
0: the quality of game that you're going to get quality in preparation for Championship, man.
2: Absolutely. And it's just... It is. Uh, we've just spent so many years just kind of going, trying to, trying to find interesting things in League Hurling that just really weren't that interesting. Um, and this, like, let's reiterate, this isn't even that amazingly interesting. Like, it's it's fine. <laughs> it's a, it's like we're looking at. Uh, there should be a crowd in the park on Saturday night. Will. They have. They have set the stage by being, as you say, Rory, insipid last weekend. Not great. Hoggy playing a full 70 minutes at he's going to be 36 in like three months. Is that really what you want out of the first game of the year? Connor Lehan starting as well. You know, I think court people need a bit more. They need they, they need a bit more sort of hope for, for the future. They need a bit more sense of, well, we know we have a load of young players. We, we need to see them you mentioned the Fitzgibbon, game and obviously that, that that has been a factor um i actually thought that in in patches against claire i think overall claire were just had so much more energy they had so much more vim about them but i thought there was like i thought chris or uh, kieran joyce was was terrific uh, holding his patch i thought uh, the goalie was was excellent they had a couple of good saves i think like you can totally overreact to one game in the league we saw the Football League last weekend uh, where you know the turnaround in fortunes in six days for a lot of teams um, shows you what you can do in the league and shows you how uneven everything is at this time of the year I think um, it's a big game it's a it's a fun game I, th- I think from a from a totally neutral perspective you look at it and it's it's totally worth tuning into like whereas yeah. um, in other years you're just kind of going ugh like, yeah, fine, it's a league game. And and maybe maybe in the last fifteen minutes, because hurling is such a because of the sport that it is like a game will break out in the last fifteen minutes. Whereas we know like at halftime on Saturday night, if Cork are four points down, five points down, like there's there's a real onus on them to come out and really start the second half well. So you're engaged immediately. Just by that, as I say, that tiny sliver of jeopardy that has been injected into the whole thing.
3: Well, I'm glad for it because it has meant that there's jeopardy in all of these games. Because when you look at what's happening, even away from Cork, Shane, you know, like, look at the other games, like Waterford, Clare, both of them winning last weekend, and suddenly they're in a different position. One game, Maliki is right, can make such a difference. Can we talk about them individually? Because I know, Clare, to you, are still problematic given the amount of scores they're giving away. They're a team that I would have thought are stepping forward, but then I watched them last weekend against Cork, and I think you're absolutely right in what you say. The amount of scores that they're shipping would still give you great concern that they could be genuinely contenders at a latter point of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I, they are like in championship terms from last year. They are they are the, the best team to challenge Limerick. I suppose they, how bad Tony Kelly or how much. Yeah, I'm Tony Kelly's going to see before championship is is a major factor. You know, he's he's their he's their greatest hurler ever, I, in my opinion, and I say in majority of Clare hurling people's opinion as well. He's their best hurler ever. And um, Shane O'Donnell not there, but like what they have now, I suppose Jackie's there. They have like say Shane Meehan has a bit of experience from last year. Mark Rogers that bit of pressure sitting well with him. He's hurling really well. It's, and um, he was exceptional last Sunday and you know they're, they they have a really really good squad what I, what I would mention was like they were shipping on average 28 points every game in the Munster Championship last year they gave away 219 against a Car team that weren't great I just I think something something will have to give there with them like I mean if they ship another big score at the weekend like if they ship 220 at the weekend down in Walsh Park you know I mean it's, it's, it's hard to keep keep trying to reach that 30 point mark at this early in the year like you know and um, so, yeah, I I also think that I think Watford, right. I'm, I'm actually going down Sunday there and do the radio Sunday with Park, Like, and like, I I think Watford need to make this Walsh park, need to make this a fortress now down there. I mean, the pitch has always been exceptional down there. They have their, you know, they have their new, their new grounds now basically new stands as well. So, you know, they will be looking to make this a fortress, like, you know, to actually have Munster championship matches on down there in the first place. And what better place to do it than in the league? Like, I don't know what GT thinks. I think the Davey Logan thing is a, is a kind of done now, really. We used yeah. to be, this time last year, I think we were kind of, it was going to be a big rivalry. I think the sideline thing is, is less of an issue and it's more focused on the players now. So, like... You say that
3: like, now and then cuffs ah, Maybe
1: maybe on Sunday if it gets if it gets close and it gets tidy because, like, Jackie, I just think the thing of it is as well, like, from the 1A side of it, like, if, if you can nail a couple of wins in the first couple of matches,
3: yeah, like...
1: Whatever way you're looking at the league after that, it's in your hands. It really is like to say, will we push on for the last couple of games in the league, or will we say, do you know what, we're safe now. We have our status secured. We're not worried about getting to the final really or the semi-finals, but we we have We're secured. So now they can decide then, right? Are we in championship mode now, or do we still really have to go after this league? And that's why I just think getting getting a getting a couple of wins in the board before the break next week, I think, is big. So Watford and Clare. I still, I still think Clare are 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 a better group than Watford at the moment. Home advantage and everything for Waterford, they'll be really up for it. But I think Clare are in a better place, and I think they'll be going down. And I think they'll be going to get the win, obviously. And I do, I, I do think they'll get the win down there as well, Jackie. But if if they are shipping 219, 220, fair play to them. If they can keep winning these games, shipping those scores, it's it's, it's unreal. Well. It, will, it will it will catch up with them, Jackie. Like, e.g. You get to Crow Park later in the la- latter end of the year. It's just a habit you don't want to keep in saying, right, Dale's score 24, 25, 26. We'll still get 28, 29, 30. Because the day will come when they just won't hit that 28, 9, 28 29 point mark. And- it, it, it could be a big, big game. So well, yeah, I tell you, if you're if you're
3: playing against the Davy Fitz team and you can put that amount of ball past them, you'll be doing well because they are a team that like to run and they'll play hard. The one thing is, Maliki, just judging by his comments after the offly game last week Doesn't sound like Davy Fitz is targeting a league with this Waterford team. It sounded like he was happy enough. They're bubbling away. They're waiting to get some bodies back. And I think Shane is right. Maybe just get a couple of wins, secure your status. That's all he's looking for. I could be wrong, but it didn't sound like he was a man that was chasing hard early on.
2: Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things there. Uh, as Shane was talking there, I was remembering I was in uh, Castlebar on Saturday night for the Dublin Mayo football game, and we talked to Kevin McStay after it, and I was saying to him, "Jesus, I say you feel a wee bit sheepish after winning that by a point, seeing as you know Dublin were the better team for for long, long stretches of it." And he says, "Look, all these early games are. We have four points now. We need to get two more points, and then we'll sit down and we'll have a cup of tea and we'll think about the rest of the league." And I have a notion that the, the, so many of the managers think that way in these early weeks, that just we get two points on the board, we get four points on the board, we get to the point where we don't need to be looking below us, and we re, re, reset them. Secondly, though, with, with Davy and with Waterford, I don't think they have any real business targeting the league, trying to win the league, because their championship record has been so appalling.
3: Yeah,
2: um, They're so sick since the, the championship format changed. They're so sick of their championship record in Waterford. And that goes back to Liam Cahill. It goes back uh, before that to, to Derek McGrath. It This is, they can't go another year winning maybe just one game, if even one game in... in I think it's a
0: one win in total, Matt. I think it's one
2: in whatever it is, 18, 20 games, something so, like that. So they, so it, it's, so, a,
1: it's a lose. They hammered the hammer Tipperary anyway, in Turles, so, you know, we're, <laughs> we're sounding like that. And it like, might be too. So. Well, like, they've
0: beaten Tipperary twice. That's correct. But it's,
1: yeah.
2: but it's it's a it's a shocking record on paper and and in person. And their their thing for the year is that they can't can't do that again. And like they've had, they've done it every which way. They've had bad leagues and done badly in the Monster Championship. They've had fantastic leagues and done badly in the Monster Championship. It has to end, and that's I think if they can make sure of their one A status for next year uh, reasonably quickly, and if they can um, after that, all anybody cares about is is performing, performing in the Munster Championship, getting through it. Is, is the next step after that. But actually finishing in the top three uh, is is what they, they need there. And that's what the year is going to be about, really, um, uh, when it comes down to brass tacks. So I think you're right, Jackie. I think there's no real level on which he's he's going or we're, we're really going gung-ho for the league here because he can't just can't afford like, that to be the be-all and end-all. Like, if they get to a league final, all of that sort of stuff, sure, it'd be great and they're, they're not going to turn it down when they get there. But that can he, he can't say that as a stated aim for the year because the stated aim for the year is one thing and one thing only.
3: Yeah, I think everybody in Waterford, Rory, will subscribe to that because they've been waiting long enough for, for it to, to happen for them. And they've been talking about this team and they can deliver for too long for them not to do something in the championship this year.
0: Well, it was his first year back last year. And I suppose the one real victory they got, kind of happened a little bit out of sight, out of mind, because it was kind of felt at that stage that they were done and dusted, which they were, and they still managed to turn Tipperary out over and nearly knocked Tipperary out. Had I think Cork managed to get a draw down yeah. in the Gaelic grounds. I think yeah. Tip were gone. So And they also gave Limerick a fantastic game. Like that. Unbelievable yeah. no, game. You know, they were yeah. you know maybe and some people are I have heard say that maybe did they pour too much into that first game against Limerick and then when things didn't work out it maybe knocked the stuffing out of them to a certain extent. I don't know. Um, I there, there was a couple of extra things that I just felt was slightly worrying from their point of view. I know Shane McNulty, I think Shane McNulty stepped away but then when I saw Austin Gleason stepping away I'm kind of saying look, that and then you're saying such a talismanic figure does that point to a, a, a damaged spirit on top of everything else? But had a Good look at their game against Doffley. I mean, in fairness to Davey, one, the one thing you'll always say about his teams, they're always in really good physical shape and that's absolutely the case now. But it's just a case whether or not... Um, it's just a case whether or not they can push on in the league, you know?
1: Rory, could I just, just jump in there quickly you now? I, like, I don't want to spend too much time on from Clare. Like, is there... Is there something in your county when the best club team in your county and some lads on the club team don't want to play for your county? Like, if I take Hay like Kilkenny, like, every one of them lads will, will will kill a man to try and play for Kilkenny. And, like, you know, I'm sure it would be the same with Thomas's lads. Are, but, like, is it something, like, is it something to say that, that some of the Valley gunner lads could be and should be maybe on this water panel? The lads are stepping away. What is that like? For me, is it, do they not really believe that they're good enough to win? Do they not believe that the county are good enough to win? And that's why they're saying, "Where's my chance to get my All Ireland? It's probably with my club."
3: Well, listening I to I the talk. Know, that's lads, exactly like, what, you know. what it sounds like they're saying, Shane. This yeah, is so, the Ballygunner lads. That's exactly what they're saying. And
1: I think that has to be has to be some bit of a factor too. Like with it, like do they is the belief not not really really there? Have the good coaches? They have. Have the good players? They have. They've got their stadium now up. They're, they can make it a fortress. But I mean, if some of the best players in the county don't want to play for the county. I, I don't know. I'd love to know your taking it, but I just don't know do they really, really believe, like if 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 that's the case? Do they all really believe? That's that's what I'd be thinking. Like.
3: What do you think, Mal? I agree, by the way, for what it's worth. I actually uh, think Shane is absolutely right.
2: I think he I think he is right, and I think that I, I think that reflects badly on the Ballygunner people the same way as it did reflected badly on the Kilku lads in football when they wouldn't go in and, and play with Down and kind of look down their nose a wee bit at, at the standards uh, of the Down County footballers uh, compared to their own. Um, I think if you're, if you're a club player and you're deciding not to play for your county, then... I don't know if your view is is really that interesting to me. To be honest with you, um, you know, it's very easy to stand on the sideline and go right. Well, we're we're keeping our standards up, and uh, and, and I'm not saying that any of them are saying this uh, explicitly. But I don't know. I think I think anybody can be a club player. I, I I don't. I think being a county player is is the top of the top. And if you're really if you are really that convinced that your standards are so high that uh, you're too good for inter-county hurling, well,
3: maybe your standards aren't that high.
2: The difference is, though,
3: they're winning All-Irelands, Rory. They're winning Club All-Irelands,
2: Jackie. Like, fine. Yeah, you know, it's it's great. They're the best club team in the country. Well, they won a Club All-Ireland. Let's not get too carried away. But, like, at the same time, it's not the highest level, you know? So, fine. Uh, I'm just always a little suspicious of... Uh, dominant club teams. Uh, whose players aren't as as Shane says. The Ballyhale players never ever dream of not playing for Kilkenny. And I don't know. I I, I don't think it it speaks very well of of uh, the 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 people who don't uh, go in for their county. You go in for your county, play at the highest level, change it from the inside. If you it, if you're if if you have that dim a view of you know. What the setup is and all of that, go and change it. Like it's very easily. It's well, not. It's not very easy. Your intercounty is hard. Like the highest level of the game is incredibly difficult. Um, the easy thing is to sit on the sideline and say, "Asher, sure, you know, we're we we have better standards here." But you know, win and win. Go and do it. Like that's that. That's the game. That's the gig.
3: Yeah. Interesting debate. We'll come back to that one. Uh, another day I'm sure let's move on with some of the other big games of the weekend because Shane you were saying earlier about 1b being a I don't want to call it a handier road but it's certainly no, it is. easier in, that doing, is, yeah. in more <laughs> yeah okay well look uh, yeah <laughs> no, the, for most people why don't you want minds, to call it a handier yeah. road
2: Jack? Exactly. well because
3: I think <laughs> the you don't bigger want teams to, are
2: better than the littler teams.
3: well they are and to yeah. be fair though when you're looking at it you just don't know what Dublin are going to throw up. I think it's probably the one unknown for all of us at the moment. Shane, you're right. Maybe they're not hurling to their absolute optimum right now. But if they were, that suddenly becomes a much more competitive division. Looking at the games this weekend in 1B, Tipperary-Galway stands out for a number of reasons. And you do wonder what sort of a reception the Tipperary crowd will be giving Eamon O'Shea if he can pull oh, off yeah. a big win down there. It'd be like amazing for him, the things that he's done in his career. He's... Absolutely adored in Tipperary, but for him to mastermind a victory down there, Shane, it'd be another little string to his bow.
1: Absolutely, and uh, I, I, I spoke about him um, this week with a few people, and he, he, there would be nothing but respect for him, Jackie. Like it, it's like Mal was saying, he was at the football. It, it's it's not like Mickey Hart. Um, going up to Derry, like this, this isn't like that at all. They're, like I mean, if anyone knows him or doesn't know him, and this is the closest thing to Tipperary as it gets for him, and he he lives two pucks of a ball away from Pier Stadium up in Salt Hill. His son Donal is involved with Galway and is trying to establish himself. So this is as close as it gets for him. He's you know he's he's vested in the culture up there, Jackie. He knows Galway hurling. He's been living up there most of his life now. He's been involved with the university um up there as well. So. He knows how the club scene is up there. He knows how people think from different clubs. So I think it's it was a no-brainer for Henry, you know. And, and fair play to Henry. Like, I mean, lads, could you have foreseen this? Like, back in 2009, 2010, when we were at the height of our rivalry in Team 11, even, you know, with, with Kilkenny, to say the man who was, you know, their greatest... One of their greatest ever hurlers gets the guy who was coaching against him in, and then on the flip side of it is now we have one of the former Kilkenny goalkeepers in Tipperary helping out to do a bit of coaching in the form of David Herity. So you know, time heals all. You know what I mean? And we're all best of friends now. And uh, but look, I, there's not but respect for Eamon. and um, we we want him to do well. the Majority of us anyway in Tip, we just don't want it to be a Tip's uh, loss. And I I just think Jackie this this weekend, right? What you see is if tip and Galway. I think they can both really go for it this weekend. And why do I think that? I think next weekend is a weekend off. And the match when they come back after that is Tip's matches Westmead and Galway's matches Antrim. So I think that they can both say, right, lads, we really, you know, even regardless of Fitzgibbon, right, that's going to take place. That's fine. The lad, in fact, ask the Fitzgibbon lads though. They're enjoying it. They're playing matches and they're playing matches and they're doing little to no training for the people who are managing it well. Okay. So they're enjoying this like this time of year. So I think Tib can go for it. And I think God we can go for it because look, it's really two, three week window here after this, Jackie. And as I said, if they can both get a victory, like, you know, the box, the, you're, you're, you're more, you're more than halfway there to being in the top three. And as I said, it secures that, as Maliki said, you are not panicking, not panic stations coming into the last round or two to say, we have to get something now. this like, As you can say, right, we're good. Now we can maybe flip it to championship mode. Five, Those five or six guys, they don't need to go as hard now. We want them right. When do we want them right for first round of Munster, first round of Leinster Championship? So I, I I think it'll be good. I also think on the flip side of it, right, it's early doors, yes. I just think that for Henry and for the Galway group of players, I think a cup needs to appear on a table for them, um, no more so than Claire, But I just think that like Henry's there now. This is year three, isn't it? And... Like, I I just feel that, you know, he's just such a serial winner himself. And there was so much expectation, Jackie, when he went up to Galway as well, that they just thought it would just be a given with the likes of Henry and what he'd done, that he just transformed the whole thing and they'd all, they'd start winning and winning and winning. Now, they have been close. They have, yes. But I wonder are they thinking, like, is this league, is it a chance for them, you know, to get a cup on the table and use the momentum from from that for the group to, to drive on into the Leinster Championship? So, I, I think I think you'll get a really, really good game. And I think, if, I think you'll see two really strong sides in him, uh as well, Jackie, because because of the fixtures coming up after this one. So, yeah, I'll look, re- really look forward. I'll be, I'll be down on Watford, but, you know, definitely listen on the way home to the lads. Um, I think there'll be a right crowd to sit the stadium there as well on, on Sunday.
3: Yeah, I think that's perfectly set up for the reasons that Shane has outlined, Mal, because they can yep. actually go for it, given what's coming down the track.
1: Yeah,
2: I can't wait. This is the game I'm going to on Sunday now, and I can't wait for it. Because it is, like, it it's... It's fair chance. It's their biggest game each of them for maybe a month. Yeah. No, so and a month in the intercounty season is is an eternity, you know. So, um, yeah, the teams will be interesting. I think that's that's you know the team sheets themselves will be fascinating. Uh I watched uh, Dublin's uh, Tipperary's game against Dublin last weekend. Like, there's so many names missing off that Tipperary team sheet and. The game was kind of Dublin, kind of clawed their way back into it, and it kind of was in the balance far later in the game than than Tipperary would have liked. Until sort of Jake Morris kind of went, "All right, let's get this over with." Went and got his goal and kind of sealed the thing. Um, but you look at the names that weren't on that Tipperary team sheet. You like you, you know, you've Noel McGrath, Bonner came on, all right, but you know Jason Ford, Kyle Barrett, Mikey Breen. Dan McCormick, James Kennedy. You know, you're 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 talking half the half the team. Really, the, 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 what
1: we see is the established tip team. Um, what they have, what they have in tip, Malick. You just, just. I don't. I really don't want to blow up tip. I really don't want right? to. They're going five. I do. They have, I do. What they have right now is, I think they have a stronger panel this year, Mal. Right, and That's I just it. think you're right. You're dude. taking the words out of me, Mal. Yeah, we yeah. we we four or five lads know no. this year that. You know, most hurdle people in Tip would say that lads good enough now. Yeah. Sean Ryan, Sean Ryan Timbleberry is, is is one event is one thing. There's An- Andrew Armans there. Gerard Connor is burning up in Fitzgibbon. Yeah. Our fit- our half back line was out. Well, I thought it was brilliant against Dublin. And there are three lads that we mightn't say at the start of the year. Oh, is Connor Bow going to make it? Is, is is Robert Byrne going to make it? How is Owen Connolly going to do? You know, this th- these kind of things. Like, so th- they're all stepping up now with a bit of experience they have and stuff like that so that's where I feel that Mal, the, the names you mentioned obviously they're top class players but I think now maybe even more than last year those lads are getting a little bit more pressure put on them and that's what I think that's what Tip needs if they that's really exact, want to compete yeah. like and that's exactly yeah, the point
2: that's exactly it like that that's why the team sheets are going to be going to be fascinating like I looked at Conor Bowe and I've, I've you know he's been around the scene for three years now and you're kind of going what's his what's his role and is that going to be it? Is the, is wing back going to be it? That's good. That, That's a really interesting change around. Um, it's great to see uh, Barry Heffernan finding his way back there. I don't know if that's a if if there's a long term future there, but like there's a guy you know with established has an All Ireland medal under him. If they could get him back to some to to the level he was at in sort of nineteen or whatever. Uh, great to see Craig Morgan back as well. Like the, the amount of options Tipperary have is like is really promising for them. And and exactly like that, they don't need to be racing like Noel McGrath back, and they don't need to be racing Kyle Barrett back uh, because they have they have the people there. But like Cal's obviously given himself options for for later in the year. But it's one thing having those options playing against the Westmeads and the Antrim's and and whatever. This game on Sunday is, as we say, could be could be the last sort of really serious high octane game they have, they have for a month. So it's going to be fascinating okay. to see who they have out.
3: Mm. For that reason, Rory, you if you're Liam Cal, you are trying as much as you can to give some of these young lads as much exposure as you can to it, the likes of a Garrod O'Connor to see can he mix it against a goalway?
0: I think so. And like the key thing from Tipperary's perspective as well is had just as much success in a uh, just before Cork went on that run with under 20 success, Tipperary had won a couple as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, so those lads are starting to come through, and it probably is symptomatic of the difficulties of establishing yourself in the modern intercounty game, in that your S C side of things takes a couple of years to get up to scratch before you're actually trusted to go in there. Because it is a very, very physical game now. Um, particularly, you know, the modern intercounty game where possession is king lots of lads carrying ball into contact getting the flakes and the belts and being able to take that and not cough up possession and I think that's probably why Liam Sheedy was a little slower and slightly more circumspect about putting those lads in so early and kept going with the, the Brendan Mahers and the Shami Cals and all of those guys Whereas I think Liam Cahill is much more forth right now and he's got probably a couple of extra years. S&C work done with these t- fellas. And Tipperary have as strong a panel as anybody. I know I made mention at the beginning that I, t- I felt Cork's panel was strong. But Tips is right up there as well. And, tip, you know, th- uh, in the famous words of Jerry Adams, they haven't got away, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, look, they're... um. They're certainly bubbling nicely. I think that's yeah. that's one thing you can say about Tipperary. What about the All Ireland champions, Shane? Because It's hard to get a gauge on where they are because it's so quietly, quietly Mm. drifting away in the background. You know, they play Westmead this weekend. You'll expect them to go and get a big result there. Their status in Division 1A already secured. Their last two games are against Tipperary and Galway. And maybe we won't see the All-Ireland champions in full flight until then. Maybe not even then. But it seems maybe this quiet little passage through a handy Division 1B is actually really suiting them down to the ground. Down to
1: the ground, Jackie. Not not much about them, you know. I mean, you're hardly even getting any coverage of the games, really, such as the extent that people think they're going to win them by. I suppose they're, you know, we couldn't believe on the radio we heard it last week that, like, Antrim were actually winning there at one stage in the game, but I, I think maybe only lasted for, like, a few minutes. And then, like, they, they put up a cricket score, like 136, something like that, and 122 that comes from three lads, and there mightn't even be guaranteed to be... Let, uh, on the panel let alone be on the team Like you know what I mean this, this is the worrying thing for the rest of us like, so I, I just think Jackie it's an ideal start for them what they're trying to do this year the history they're trying to make for themselves and everything like I mean John Kylie's like you know saying he's, he's only going to, he only asked for a year extension you know all these kind of things is it is it just all in here now so what like I think a perfect start from Jackie in regards that when the limelight goes on them it probably won't come off right yeah. it'd be because of what they're trying to do so no limelight this week, no limelight, Uh, like a week off the following week. They go and they play Dublin, I believe, then next in Crow yeah. Park. Maybe they might use that as a kind of a for the guys who haven't maybe played in Crow Park that much. They might say, Right, we're we're going to be here later on in the year, right? So here's your chance now. Get used to the stadium, get used to the surroundings. Like I, you know, I just think it's an ideal first three games for them. As you said, they'll more or less have that status cemented by, by, by after the Dublin game so then will they use their Limerick the, the Galway and the tip game will they use that as you know ramping it up we'll start seeing maybe 8, 9, 10, 11 of their championship team in those games I don't think we'll see him until then and I think this week will be similar to Antrim so look ideal start for John Kylie and his men no, not much talk that's the way he would have wanted it and as, but, I, but as I said, Jackie, when, like with all the great teams, we just want to nitpick them, don't we? Like We want to see what's going, who's going where, why isn't he and what's he doing. You know, and, and I suppose there's there's a bit of stuff going on off the field as well. So there's very little talk about Limerick, and I think it it, it just suits the group perfectly. Like mm, just I on
0: that, just on yeah. that fixture, Jackie. I do just one small point that I think maybe is worth making. And look, who knows? Maybe the GA do have a plan around that particular fixture that change just referenced there where Limerick play Dublin. But that's also the same. That's a double header. Dublin are playing Kerry in football, and the All Ireland hurling champions are also in town. Now that to me is blockbuster. That is That's like you know what I mean. You've just you've three of the marquee teams in Gaelic games, and the Dublin hurlers all in action. That if you can't sell that, and you know, I I, I'm curious to see the marketing strategy. The marketing. What are you selling though, Rory?
2: Well, are are, are the All Ireland hurling champions really coming to town that night? Or are Six or seven of them come into town that night Some of them mm-hmm. at five yeah. o'clock in the afternoon, uh as a curtain raiser to a premium football match. I like I I know the point you're making, but okay, I, I don't know how how much I would hold the GA responsible for marketing a game like that. The thing that that I find interesting about Limerick at the minute is that there's actually we're not that interested because we know when the ball is thrown in in the Monster Championship, we sort of know what we're going to expect from them because they don't need to change anything, really. Like every other team that we've talked about in the last half an hour is
0: looking for something. Is
2: looking for something. And we're questioning, we're questioning who's starting. We're questioning, can they get the Fitzgibbon lads back? We're questioning, you know, uh, should Patrick Horgan be starting games? We, we're, we're, we have questions for every team. We don't really have questions for Limerick because we know when the gun goes, we know what we're going to get from them because it's the thing that they have won the last four All-Irelands with, the five of the last six, and because they have done it facing every obstacle that you can come up with. They have come across every hurdle that's thrown in their way. They've found injuries. They've found suspensions. They've lost key players, and they've kept winning and winning and winning. So in a way... They're actually not that interesting on the eighth of February because what are you gonna what what are we gonna find out about them now? What are you even gonna find out about them in that uh, double header in Crow Park uh, on the weekend of the twenty third of uh, of February?
3: That's maybe you don't need to find that. out anything, Mal. Maybe kids just want to go and watch them. You know, like, I know what you're saying, but yeah. maybe there is an element of some of those people are not going to get to a Munster Hurling Championship or they're not going to get to Croke Park when it comes later. Maybe it's their only chance to go and see this team who are going to be written in the history books forevermore.
2: Yeah, but as I say, like, how how sure before those people pay for uh, their ticket the, uh, and the prices have gone up this year, how sure can they really be that they're going to see too many of the All Ireland champions, you know, and, and I'm not. I don't say that in a derogatory way. I mean, Limerick have to find their way through their the biggest season imaginable uh, in whatever way they see fit. And I don't, I don't think, you know, necessarily that they should be playing all their players. I don't. That's not what I'm saying at all, at all, though. But yeah, fine. Kids want to see, might want to see them playing in Crow Park, but Jesus, I. They, they land there at half four on that Saturday evening and find that, oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> where's
0: Keen Lynch? Where's Keane Lynch? Where's Garrod Hegarty? Where's,
2: where's Kyle yeah. Hayes? Where's all these players, you know? Um, yeah. Look, the most interesting thing, really, let, let's face it, about Limerick in the early part of the year um, is the Kyle Hayes stuff. There's no real dancing around that. It's the mm. most intre- like it, It's a, a completely unprecedented thing in Gaelic games. Uh, a player from uh, from the All Ireland champions, from the very best team in the country, uh, facing a really huge court date in a couple of weeks. That is by far the most interesting thing about them at this point in the year. Not their league games are 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 fine, you know, but like it's they're they're kind of neither here nor there to to the general populace.
0: And the, other, the other, one, the only other thing, Mal. And I don't know again how significant this is because I really don't have a clue. But I suppose one of the biggest challenges that they potentially could face um, is the mental one in Mm. terms of trying to go where no hurling team has gone before. And the absence of Caroline Currid. I don't know if that's... Of any significance. So I no think sure. it is. I, I I think it's
2: bound to be of significance. I think it's the sort of thing that you only find out the significance uh in August and September and October when uh maybe some people will tell you the significance of it. Even they won't really know it uh until 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 retrospect. I know when I I would be astonished to find if we find out at some somewhere down the line that they haven't had. Jim Gavin or somebody involved with Dublin's five in a row down to talk to them uh and and to talk them through what what 2019 was for the Dublin footballers, the only GA team to ever have done it. I know the more we found out in retrospect, they the Dublin footballers faced it head on. They didn't make it now. They lied to us the whole way through 2019 and said that it wasn't a thing. And then the minute 2019 was over, they told us, oh yeah, actually we talked about it from the very first training session, the very first team meeting. We put it out into the room and they had uh, Gary Keegan on board at the time, who's now with obviously the Ireland rugby team. Um, so they they made that a huge pillar of their their year. So I, I don't doubt that Limerick have, have like Kylie's very... Intuitive, very intellectually sensitive guy. I presume that it that they they are dealing with that along the way. I think in an odd kind of way, the fact that Dublin did it um so recently shows that it can be done. That it's not mm-hmm. this massive thing that has never been done in the GAA. We did like, the crazy. same,
1: Maliki, We did the same when we won the one in a row. <laughs> <laughs> we exactly. All those. We exactly. out there as well and said,
2: we're going <laughs> to do this. <Let's."> very same. <laughs> Very but I think, like I, I think it's, I, I think it's there. I don't know how big a deal it it, it would be, um, um, but it's there. There's no no point in dancing around it.
3: Yeah, yeah, lads. I'm conscious of time, so the one other big thing I do want to touch on this week is obviously financial reports and all that coming out. And the big thing, Rory, which has just been coming at us for years and years and years. People have been talking about the money, the money, the money. It can't get any bigger. All of a sudden, you're looking at intercounty spends of forty million euro. And it is being described as a runaway train and I just don't know how somebody's going to catch hold of this because it seems to me that every year if somebody wants to go and ask for more financial support and they get it, then what's to stop the other counties from this happening? And I just don't think anybody's going to be able to get a handle on this at any time soon based on the
0: evidence. I think you've actually nailed it. How do you get a handle on it? Um, One of the most stark points that came out in the couple of news reports that I've read of recently particularly Cullum Keyes who always does fantastic work on this is that it's doubled in a decade. Yeah, In 10 years in 10 years it's gone from 20 million to 40 million. 40 million euro. I mean I was working it out. I think the budgets for all 11 or sorry 10 League of Ireland clubs and they're fully professional by the way is somewhere around 22 or 23 million. That's all of them combined. The notion of amateurism is at stake here. The very notion that we're an amateur organisation is a bit of a fallacy, in my view, when you're spending 40 million a year on preparing your inter-county teams. I know people are saying, and apparently uh, Tom Ryan's report is going to come out and it's been described before as a runaway train, but the the horse is bolted. The stable door is long since open. There's no claw on this back, and I think a full appraisal of where you're going. Either do you sign up to charters, is it centrally funded, I don't know how you're going to, like, it's, it, it, it's genie back in the bottle stuff. And um, I saw particularly one line from Colum Keys where he described county board officers lying awake at night, worrying about how they're going to actually fund an awful lot of the expenses involved and to my mind that's a pretty sad indictment of the modern Gaelic Athletic Association
3: Shane can I ask you a question from a player's point of view because I do often wonder the people at the centre of this are the actual real amateurs in this who don't see sight nor sound or any of this but when somebody's coming in and saying we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this is there any sense from a player's point of view that this is actually getting out of hand?
1: No, no There is enough because they'll, they'll look at it as what do we have to do to win? Like that's, that's what they look at it. They'll go, lads, we're going to go to, we're going to go to Portugal for five days. And then later on in the year, we're going to maybe go over to a center of excellence in Leeds for two or three days. And you'll be like, that helps us win. Let's do it. Not one player is worrying where that money is coming from. Obviously the county boards are, but I like Jackie, I'll tell you now, and like the lads will agree what's going on with the top counties. That's not been, you know, put out there publicly. I think that money could be more like I I guarantee you there's inter-county managers who are up and down the country who are doing things and fundraising themselves are doing things off their own back getting businessmen in or getting business people in to, to sponsor something to look after something to look after a weekend away somewhere in in, in some center of excellence around the country or wherever it may be Jackie so the players I tell you now the players don't care they won't care as long as they can win. They, 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 don't, they, they don't mind how much it costs. And to a lesser degree, the people within that county won't mind how much it costs them. Do you think anybody in Limerick cares how much it's after costing them to win four in a row? Not one person. Well,
0: they, they don't care in Limerick because well, they won't it... care in because they have obviously
1: they have cash cow like, but I mean, like to, you know, in, in Dublin, even with, with their with who they've had sponsoring them over the last few years. Like, when you're winning, I don't think it, it really matters. Like it's it's the teams that are spending these things and they're not seeing anything out of it. That's probably where you know the biggest thing is coming out of. It. So to, to answer your question in a roundabout way, do the players care? No, they don't care. They're just delighted to get going on these trips and they'll feel, and the managers will feel, if they're not spending it, Jackie, that the next, their next team, their next rival is and they're gonna get a foothold on them. And I think that's where it, it does it does get blown out of proportion. But I tell you, there's a lot going on that maybe we that we don't know about in the public, either fundraising, et cetera, sponsorship of trips. That's that in my view, Like,
3: Well, that's one question then, Mal, right? That's fine for the counties who are winning. What about the teams who aren't and they're still pumping all this money in? And that's probably where the greater problem of it lies.
2: Uh, Well, I did see uh, a team in Division Four of the Football League helicopter their manager from uh, Belfast to Wexford last Saturday, and he got into a lot of trouble for us. (laughs) Uh, So there's obviously money flying around everywhere. Look, uh, this is, it's a really interesting time, actually, right? Um, And and Rory's right about Colin Keyes. Colin Keyes does amazing work on this. Uh, for the Irish Independent yep. and uh, he clearly has a head for it but a lot of the rest of us just do not have the time not even the time the head or the patience to do it as forensically as he does and it's not always
0: easy him for him to, to get the information
2: oh, as well, oh, man. exactly god bless him for it and, and it's fantastic work that he does um well one of the interesting things about and I read his his piece cover to cover uh the week before last um all but six county boards had a surplus last year. Yeah. Um, the yes, the spending has gone doolally, gone is a rocket ship. Um, but at the minute, it's possible because most counties aren't losing money. Uh, most counties are making massive money uh, through their commercial. Um, um work through uh whatever they get from central Council or from from Crow Park, uh from sponsorships etc from gates etc etc right. the club
1: the club streaming
2: is a big so, well, huge, well absolutely yeah. and it and it's the so like the ga as a as a as a business as a as a uh, a way as a, a mode of making money has really kind of really accelerated over the past 10 years as well so that that should be said too but why this is a really interesting time is that this is the time to have the conversation because when we when we talk about uh you know this is a runaway train what's going to stop it it's very very clear what will stop it a couple of counties will go bust a couple of entities will absolutely have a but how,
3: how close are we to that though because tom well, ryan will be asked this, about this and then it'll then- go away again
2: But exactly, this is my point, Jackie, that that now is the time to really get a handle on it because the alternative is that you get a handle on it when it's far too late, when the equivalent of the IMF have to come in and take over the running of everything. Look, this is a small thing, right? Um, But the idea that all of this is unmanageable is a dangerous thing to get out there, right? We have... There is supposed to be a limit on panel sizes. Look, this is not the biggest deal in the world, but it's. Sure, they a told us the split that. season. They told us the split season would reduce it because. No, yeah, you but know. On. yeah, but but what but what has happened? I was at, or uh, well, I wasn't at them, but I was reading about uh, games in the McKenna Cup, in the McGrath Cup, in the Munster Hurling League, where teams had their second team playing in the inter- in the preseason competitions while their first team was off playing a challenge match against another county's first team of playing a challenge match. You're talking there about in the middle of January, counties having, that has to be the guts of 40 players, maybe upwards of 40 to 50 players. They're carrying panels of that size and they aren't just carrying them the week of uh, a Mechanic Cup match. They're carrying them for the previous three months and the Mechanic Cup match is the the point at which the panels start to get cut down for the league to whatever they are, 26 to 30 for the league. So what you've got there is plenty of counties are carrying upwards of 40 players for the three months in the winter where they're training and getting ready for pre-season. That's enormous expense. It's It's not what's costing the runaway train, but it is part of the whole thing. But there are supposed to be rules around that. You are supposed to be allowed... A certain uh, panel size. Uh, sure, who lives
0: by the rules, like you know?
2: But but this is my point that that we we this the idea has been allowed to get out there through so many different reasons over the years that the rules are there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Once the fella down the road isn't uh, observing his rules, then how am I going to get my fellows to observe their rules? And this idea that that the GA or the intercounty game is unmanageable at an administrative level. That has to end. That, that, that's that gotta be one of the steps towards stopping the runaway trade. Um, it's a small thing, but it's, it, it it's. I think it's a dangerous thing that we sort of shrug our shoulders and go, Are sure who's gonna tell the manager that he can't carry that amount of
0: players, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't it know, I, 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 it, it does. And just one other point, and I know, I, know, I know the point that Mal makes, in and around a lot of counties, I mean, for instance, we've seen with Galway, their classic example, and Paul Bellew, their chair, really open and really honest guy, mm-hmm. make the point, you know, that they, I think, had the biggest spend of all because all their six teams go deep into championship every year, and I think their spend was something around 2.2 2 million this yeah. year over the course of 2023. Now, they still posted a surplus because they've turned their financial situation around. The key point, though, is it isn't necessarily... The, 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 There's one aspect around the potential of counties to actually go bust. That now is a frightening vista, but maybe not one that is as unrealistic as we think. The second aspect with it is this. The notion of what your income is there for is something that needs to be discussed. Because is all of your income coming in just to be spent on your inter-county teams? Like, there are a myriad of areas that need income. In terms of coaching, infrastructure development, games promotion, marketing, trying to push the games on, we see soccer now potentially move into a summer season as well, which is going to put us direct the uh, GA directly into competition with soccer clubs from the calendar year because they're moved. They're potentially moving away from the the school year, which is what they have employed up to now. So the GA is facing challenges on a on a whole plethora of fronts yet it's very top heavy in terms of its economic spend on one very very albeit hugely important part but one very small part of the entire picture.
3: Yeah, well put. Shane last word to you because we're going to have to leave it here very soon. No, the lads have said it all.
1: I said, look, lads, the, the, the as as players, the top teams, they're going to keep doing it and keep doing it. was it Kevin O'Donovan said the Cork chief executive said there has to be total honest engagement? Therein lies the problem, lads. If there's, if, if, there, if there's a rule for one, some you know, if 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 the team down the road are keeping 42 players, do you think that, do you think their rivals are going to try and do the same? And
2: by the way, Shane, who who is it? that wants them not to carry the 42 players. It's certainly not the panel themselves. It's certainly not the management. It's certainly not uh, the people of the county uh, who who are the ones that are getting, uh, as Rory says, uh, uh, away from whom the resources spent on these players. Do you go to them and say, OK, listen, on the side, would you rather we carry the 42 players that the crowd down the road are carrying, or would you rather we put that into you know, a few structures here and there. And, like, what's their honest answer? Like, How oh, many
1: times th- were... oh, times you think someone from Katie County Board the Dr. Bright Cody told him, Cody's pedal? Yeah. <laughs> not,
3: not too many. Yeah. <laughs> if only there was someone to enforce the really? rules, lads. If only. Uh, right, look, we'll have to leave it there. It's thoroughly enjoyed that chat this morning. Absolutely fascinating stuff. Looking forward to all the action this weekend. Wherever you are going, enjoy it. And we'll talk to you next week. Cheers.